0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Keith Smith is a contributor to Spot Track. He's got a Celtics blog. He's an NBA insider, and he joins us now live here on Willard & Dibs. Good morning. Keith, thanks for doing it. How likely do you think a Wiseman deal is over the next 24 hours?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting question. The Warriors have generally chose to sit out the trade deadline for the most part since they've come to prominence with this group, other than obviously the Andrew Wiggins trade when that was kind of the the gap year, I guess, is what we'll call that. But I'm getting the sense more here over the last few days that they are more open to maybe moving James Wiseman than they ever had been before. I think they're looking at it and saying, we've still got our core, and they're pretty good when they're all together. But they've been banged up. We're sitting in a tricky spot in the standing. We need to do something to shore this thing up. And my my read on it is they're trying to do right by those core guys. So I think there is a chance we see James Wiseman move. But to what you guys were just saying, it's not going to be in just a salary dump move to save a bunch of money. That's not how they operate. It'll be using him and his contract to go get someone helpful to round out that bench depth.
3: And what kind of a player, or is there a player you have in mind who could be quote-unquote helpful? The guy I have fixated on is one that they won't get Jay Crowder of Phoenix isn't trading him in the conference to Golden State, but is there a player out there that you would think about in terms of compensation for Wiseman that would fit with Golden State?
2: Yeah, I think that's one is that kind of bigger wing that's that's a little more defensive-minded. That's certainly one thing to look at. A guy like the Jay Crowder could, could be that, that player. I think uh, they, there's a lot of stuff out there of is San Antonio ready to move on from guys like Jakob Pertle or Josh Richardson. Though no, Those are a couple guys that I think could probably help the Warriors to some extent. It's causes a little bit of issues because they're both free agents in the offseason, and I don't know how likely it is you're resigning either one of those guys, but if your whole goal is, hey, let's make another run right now and we'll worry about future problems, those are the kind of moves you can consider making using Wiseman and his contract as kind of the, the ballast headed the other way to balance out a trade like that.
1: Keith, I wonder what the league buzz is right now on where this all goes next. In other words, I know that we need to have the answer of how the rest of this season goes but what about after that, with regard to Draymond opt in or opt out, or even just the idea of the Warriors really doing something significant to reboot? Do 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 you think that the the era of this group is is
2: this it? What's the league buzz? Yeah, it's not. No one has a sense that this is it, but I think it's you know maybe as this core group, this may may be it. But there, there's still a sense of Steph's still really really good and Clay Thompson looks pretty good when he plays and they've got to get andrew wiggins going again and get that figured out and jordan Poole needs to get back fully back you know every night back to the guy he was versus just flashes here and there but but it's Draymond that everybody's kind of interested in and it's funny i talked to some folks who said well you know if they win another one then he can leave basically saying hey i've done everything i could do and, and off we go and i've heard other people say that's insane if they win there's no way he's leaving he'll only leave if they don't win because then it's hey what more do you want me to do we had a great run here i'm gonna go you know look at something else i tend to think it's more likely that when players in a franchise are so linked as those core warriors players are with this franchise you get it done you kind of extend it out and you keep it moving that way What's
3: the market like for Draymond Green at the end of this season in terms of whether or not he wants to opt in or could he possibly go out and get a multi-year deal worth nine figures?
2: Yeah, it's not a great um, market as far as the cap space teams go. Most of them are in a position where it, does, it probably wouldn't make sense for Draymond Green to sign with them or for those teams to sign him because you're talking about Orlando, Houston, uh, Detroit. I know there's some hometown connection there with, with the Pistons side of things, but uh, Charlotte potentially. Those, those, those are all bad teams that are probably – San Antonio is another one – that are probably going to continue to be you know working their way back up in, in the league. So unless he really wants to go somewhere and say, hey, you know what, I want to get to one of these contenders and I'll do it via sign-in trade. That's certainly possible, but that comes with a whole host of complications as far as the acquiring team would become hard-capped and it could be hard to build out their roster and those sorts of things. So it's a little bit of a complicated market for a veteran guy like him because there's not a surefire, there it is, there's the one team that I know for certain is going to hand me a ton of money because that's the team I feel like is going to, be ready to look at me as, all right, this is the guy who lifts us right the contention. That that team probably doesn't
1: exist at the moment. NBA insider Keith Smith with us here. Willard and Dibs, 95-7 the game. All right, Keith, we're all waiting for who's going to hop out of this log jam in the West. Right now, Dallas is a half game ahead of the Warriors, for example. With this Kyrie trade, do you think Dallas, A, now jumps out of the group? Uh, B, it takes a while for them to gel, but then it works. Or C, totally implodes just like it has in his last two stops.
2: Yeah, I'm probably closer to B than I am to anything else there. I think it'll take a little bit for the two of them to just figure each other out. and Where do you like to be on the court? Where do I want to be? I think for Jason Kidd, what he's got to be doing with his staff is hey, what were the stats and the plays and the things that worked with Jalen Brunson? Because Kyrie Irving's effectively a souped-up version of what they had with Jalen Brunson. So it's, hey, let's go back to those. I think the other thing is the, their non-Luka minutes are a mess. Anytime he fits, it's, it's hard on them. So now you're feeling like, All right, hey, we're probably not playing a single meaningful minute the rest of this year, barring injury or foul trouble or something like that, without one of those two guys on the floor. And we're probably playing most of them with both of those guys on the floor. So that's going to give them a little bit there. Now, team is certainly possible, but Kyrie tends to get a place that looks pretty good for a year or two, and then it all goes sideways. So let's see. Yeah, you know, we can have that conversation down the line. So I think it'll probably be uh, pretty good here during this honeymoon phase.
3: Yeah, the implosion is uh, going to happen. Just a question of when. Where are you with the Denver Nuggets? 26-4 and four at home, top of the West, but they don't play a lot of defense. Are they really a viable championship contender?
2: I think they are. The defense is certainly a concern. Now, they do show signs of when they really need to lock in that they're able to do that. They're working right now just like a lot of other teams to try to shore up their defense but their challenges they are a little bit limited in what they can trade and they don't have picks to send out from other deals they've done that they're, they're uh, deeper into the tax than they've ever been so taking on money is probably a bit of a challenge there but when you look at in a playoff series they feel pretty confident going into most of them that we've got the best guy in Nikola Jokic. Uh, they feel pretty good that hey if he's having a little bit of an off night, we got Jamal Murray. If he's having an off night, we got Michael Porter Jr. And then I think what they know is when they get into those we-need-a-stop moments, they're going to go to lineups that have Aaron Gordon, Contavius caldwell Pope, Bruce Brown all on the floor together, and you feel like, all right, those are three guys who are pretty switchable, can hold their own against most other guys. Well, We, we feel like we can get those one or two stops we really need. So I, I think they're you know, really, really good. And I think for them, it's very important that they do finish atop the conference because that's a real home court advantage. Now it gets a little bit uh, muted when teams aren't flying into Denver, playing one game at altitude and leaving. If you're there for, you know, two, three days uh, in a row, it, it means a little bit less, cause, you get know, a bit more acclimated. But it's a good home crowd. It, it's a it's a tough place to play. So I think finishing a top the to conference is huge for the Nuggets.
1: Busy week. Keith, thank you so much for making some time, man. We
0: appreciate it.
2: I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, picture this.
0: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.